0: This is a heartbeat The blood inside of me the Life inside of me Everywhere I go Hello everyone, this is Kingdom Empowerment Inc. Radio. This is com, And our program is Kingdom Keys Spirit, Soul and Body Series. And I have a brand new topic today is how do you treat homeless? And we are going to go right in and just start. Father, we thank you. We bless you. We thank you son of David we bless you we worship you in the name of Jesus hallelujah we are going to take our scripture I put it on the side is uh, there they are there for you to use But we are going to continue right now we are going to Let's go to First Samia Chapter thirty. Okay. Now I'm I'm reading from the first one <clears throat> reading from this one. However, you know, I mean yeah, this one on chapter 30. But so actually, there is two stories. I would like to start from this. This uh, one, chapter chapter twenty eight or yeah, twenty eight. Understand? Okay. Uh, twenty eight or twenty seven? Twenty seven. Okay. Now. We see that uh, Saul and David have been having some disagreement. There has been war going between them. Now let's start from chapter twenty seven, verse one. And David said in his heart, Now I shall perish some day by the hand of Saul. There's nothing better for me than that I should speedily escaped to the land of the Philistines and saw with despair of me to seek me any more in any part of Israel so I shall escape out of his hand. Verse 2 Then David arose and went over with the six hundred men who were with him to Achish, the son of Meach, king of God. So David dwelt with Achish at Gad. he and his men this man with his household, and David with his two wives, Ahinoah the Jezreel, and Abigail the Gamalites, neighbor's widow. And it was told Saul that David had fled to God, so he sought him no more. Then David said to Achis, If I have now found fever in your eyes, let them give me a place and some time in the country that I may dwell there. For why should your servant dwell in a royal city with you? Verse 6. So I just gave him Ziggler that day. Therefore, Ziggler has belonged to the kings of Judah to this day. So we now see that because he was running from Saul, he ran to the land of the Philistines, and he met a king whose name was Achish, and he uh, asked him to help him for, uh, with, with a place to dwell in. And he gave him a city called Ziklag, and Ziklag became a dwelling place, not only for David, but for the Judas, and that has remained the place for this, this, um uh, the people of Judah. Now we now know why he lives in Ziggler Now, now we continue. Verse eight. Okay. Verse seven Now the time now the time that David went in the country of the Philistines was one full year and four months. That is one year and almost half month, one year and four months. Verse eight. And David and his men went up and read the Geshurites the Gazites, and the Amalekites. Let's note the Amalekites, okay? For those nations were the inhabitants of the land from, old, from of old, as you go to shore, even as far as the land of Egypt. Verse 9. Whenever David attacked the land, he left neither men, nor women, alive, but took away the sheep, the oxen, the donkeys, the camels, and the upper. I returned and came to Atis, then A will say, "Where have you made a raid today? And David will say, Again the southern area of Judah or again the southern area of the Jeramites and again the southern area of the tenets okay. Verse uh, eleven. David will save neither man nor woman alive to bring news to God, saying, Lest they should inform on us, saying that David did and thus was his behavior all the time he dwelt in the country of the Philistines. So Archis verse twelve. So Archis be, believed David, saying he has made his people Israel. Utterly above him, therefore, he will be my servant forever. So, we now see that uh, uh, David's deception was so effective that Archis concluded that his switch in allegiance was permanent, that his allegiance to him was a permanent one. Now, when you go from uh, from that uh, that is the end of that very chapter. So we now enter chapter twenty-eight. Now it happened in those days that the Philistines gathered their armies together for war to fight with Israel. And Asa said to David, "You I surely know that you will go out with me to battle, you and your men." Verse two. So David said to Achis, "Surely you know." what your servants can do.
1: And I he said to
0: David, therefore, I will make you one of my chief guardians forever. <laughs> so you can see that uh, uh, a king today can be a servant tomorrow. And a servant today can be a king tomorrow. So he was thinking that David has become his chief servant tomorrow. I I mean today. So yeah, therefore so I will make you one of my chief guardians forever, guiding him like a servant. Now from uh, verse three, you we now begin to see the uh, the story concerning his master, that's David's master, uh, saw how he was afraid. How he went to consult a medium. And when you read, because of time, I'm going to skip that area because it's not much what pertains to what I'm going to talk about. And uh, if you read it, you see that he was consulting uh, with a medium, and unfortunately. It was Saul, I mean, sorry, it was Samuel that came up when they consulted that kind of medium. It was Samuel that came up, and uh, the news was not a good one. So you can read that on yourself. Let's now move to chapter 29. Chapter 29, we begin to see how things begin to unfold, how. they, they themselves the Philistines the the uh, uh, the commander knew that David was not the one uh, I mean knew that David was the one who as a young man had killed the champion uh, we know the champion in uh, when you read uh, uh chapter 17 you will see there and how how he had killed hundreds of their own philistines soldiers hmm? so i was a hero of the uh, israelite at that time so they were not very sure of this loyalty they were afraid and uh, uh they were afraid because when you know during the heat of the fight of the battle David David would not be so foolish to begin to kill his men. I mean his fellow Israelites so they were not very keen and allowing him to go with him uh, go go uh, allow him to go with them to the battle uh, because David might turn against them Though David was upset at this at first, God used the commander's suspicion to keep him from having to fight against Saul and his own countrymen. Okay, so that was the good news. I, I don't know how he would have done that because uh, now you are faced with your own decision. Whether to remain loyal to the, uh, the Philistines or to fight uh, your own countrymen, so David was in a predicament, for he would not fight against his own people. He could do nothing but wait for the Lord to provide him with a means of escape from this dangerous. However, Archis came quickly to David's defense when the other princes questioned David's loyalty. Archis had found no fault with David since his defection from Saul. But we see that Archis was unsuccessful in persuading his fellow princes that his fellow leaders and so they to accept David and his men as part of the Philistine forces, so the fear that David and his men might switch their allegiance back to Saul for an example of what uh, uh, i mean for for him to settle. They are disputed, so Archis was thoroughly deceived by david's display of loyalty so and um, he uh he, he uh, uh, arch then uh, was i mean Archis then released David from his duty and uh he bade him farewell to him. So Archis was released, and um, and David has to uh, to move. So so let's see, uh, and that is how uh, when when let's see from uh, verse nine of that chapter twenty nine. Let's see. Then Achis answered and said to David, "I know that you are as." As good in my sight as an angel of God. Nevertheless, the princes of the Philistines have said, He shall not go with us to the battle. Verse 10. They therefore, rise early in the morning with your master servant, who have come with you. And as soon as you are up early in the morning and have light, depart. Verse 11. So David and his men rose early to depart in the morning to return to the land of the Philistines. And the Philistines, they themselves went up to Joshua. Because the next day, they were going to embark on the battle, going to be a fight going on between their men and Saul's men. And when you, when you uh, fast forward on the, uh, I think it said it's the next, Chapter let's see the next chapter, yeah, the next chapter uh th- chapter thirty one you see the tragic end of Saul and his uh, children hmm? very sad story okay, so we now see that he has been asked to move because it's it, it, the the time of reality has come, they have come to to believe that. There's no way you will be able to collude with them and be able to remain loyal when the fight actually happens. Now, let's go to now chapter 30, okay? Chapter 30 now. So the attack on uh, Ziklag took place on the third day after David and his men left the Philistine army at Affect. Okay. So now let's read from verse 30. Now, verse, verse. I mean, uh, this is chapter 30 of First Samuel, chapter 30 from verse 1. Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day, that the Amalekite had invaded the south and Ziklag, attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire, and had taken captive the women. And those who were there, from small to great. They did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. Verse 3. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was, burned with fire, and their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken captives. Verse 4. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices. And wept until they had no more power to weep. Verse 5. And David's two wives, Ahinam the Jezreelite, and Abigail the widow of Nabah the Carmelite, had been taken captive. 6. Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Verse 7. Then David said to Abiatha the priest, Ahimelech sons, please bring the euphon here to me. And Abiatha brought the euphon to David. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue the troops? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fear recover all. Verse 9. So David went, he and his 600 men who were with him, and came to Brook, verse eight where those stay who were with who were left behind. But David pursued that is verse ten now. But David pursued he and four hundred men, meaning that two hundred remained behind. Now four hundred went with him. Okay. Verse ten. But David pursued pursued And 400 men for 200 stay behind who were so weary that they could not cross the brook. That's all. That's verse 11. Then they found an Egyptian. Okay. This is the the, the, from here now down is the real test. So, what I'll be doing is just for us to get a context of what we'll be talking about, okay? Because if I just jump here, it might not make sense on what we are going to be talking about, okay? Then they found an Egyptian in the field, and they brought him to David, and they gave him bread, and he ate, and they let him drink water, verse 12. And they gave him a piece of a cake of figs and two chesters of raisins. So when he had eaten, <laughs> when he had eaten, his strength came back to him. For he had eaten no bread, no drink nor drink water for three days and three nights. Verse 13. Then David said to him, To whom do you belong? And where are you from? And he said, "I am a young man from Egypt, servant of an and my master left me behind because three days ago I fell sick. We made an invasion of the southern area of the territories in the territory which belongs to Judah and of the southern area of Caleb. And we burn Ziklag with fire. Verse 15. And David said to him, Can you take me down to this troop? So he said, So I told me by God that you will neither kill me nor deliver me into the hands of my master, and I will take you down to this troop. Verse 16. And when he had brought him down, there they were spread out over all the land eating and drinking and dancing because of all the great spoil which they had taken from the land of the Philistines and from the land of Judah. Then David attacked them from twilight until the evening of the next day. Not a man of them escaped Except four hundred young men who rode on camels and fled verse eighteen so David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away, and David rescued his two wives and verse nineteen, and nothing of theirs was lacking, either small or great songs or daughters swear or anything which they had taken from there David recover all oh, hallelujah hallelujah now we see that rather than kill all the citizens of Ziglar, the Amalekites took the people and their intention probably was to uh, make them slaves. Apparently, those who were with them were captive, and uh, were David were David two wives. The, the captives were David two wives, and along with the wives and children of his men. Now David faced a serious crisis in the leadership. He was distressed he was he was distressed not only because of his personal grief but by the difficult situation pressing on him the his men we are speaking of stoning him. It is often the, the nature of a happy people to went to to uh to vent their frustration through acts of hostility against their leaders. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. Unlike Saul, David knew where to turn to. He turned to the King of Kings. And to the Lord of Logs, he learned to wait on God, confident of God's eventual deliverance. The same way with us today, when we are faced with a situation, things which look unseemingly impossible for us, we are not to turn to any other thing or to any God we don't know. We just need to turn to Christ. And he is there all the time. He has said he will never leave us and he will never forsake us. He will always be with us and he is Emmanuel. So we just need to run to him and not to run away. We do not need to begin to blame other people. Because this is not the time to blame, to lay blame on people, to condemn people, to uh, begin to accuse everyone. This is the time for us to join hands together and see what we can do about this situation. So David strengthened himself. So we now see that when you uh uh a, when we find a situation like this, there's an uh there's uh a sense that we 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 sense fear. We sense fear. Family gone, The only male that is with you now, they are Talking of stoning or okay, killing you, how do you feel? How do you act? How do you gather courage? So we have to inherit courage, and we have to excel fear. And we, we, one thing also we need to do is never to give up. One one thing that is so easy to do at this stage is just to give up. I say, what does it matter now? I have lost my family anyway. I cannot find them. That is just giving them hope. But David was not without hope. He wasn't hopeless. He believed on his God. He consulted God. He asked God, "What do I do? If I go, what do I do? I gather these guys together." Yeah, God answered that. So we are not to give up. The easy way, uh, the, the easy route here is to give up and say, "Well, yes, you guys stole me, just kill me." Or there are some people they commit suicide, they kill themselves. Just commit? Yes. Just, just take their oh. life and say, "I cannot find my my family. They took all, all what I've labeled for for years." Now these people are also talking about. Uh, telling me, oh, they just do whatever, the, how they can get themselves out, and they are gone. You come out the next day, the person is gone. Now it's somebody that gave up. So we are not to give up. Okay? We are not to give up. We have to inhale courage and say, fear. Mm-hmm. Never give up. This life, we have to fight. We have to fight. Day in, day out, we have to fight, and we have to recover all what the enemy has taken, all what the Satan has taken, all what the demons have taken. They've taken the joy, they've taken our finances, they've taken our children, they've taken our belongings. They are about to take our lives. because the enemy comes to stay and destroy. It. So we should not allow them to take it. We have to bring it back. And the way we have to, is to res- actively, we have to resist them. We have to fight against them. You know, the enemy uh, is seeking around, looking for who to devour. So we have to resist it. Scripture says resist it. It's actively fight against it. It's, it's not just saying give up or quit. No, we have to resist. Hallelujah. Okay, and we must remember that we are no longer captives, but we are us. We have been rescued by Jesus Christ, so we start redeemed even today with the Lord who did the work for us, and we have to be bold to stand in this redemption. That yes, He is our Father, and we are His children. So we are no longer. Uh, 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 Captive anymore or slave to Satan, except we yield ourselves to, to them. But we are victors because Jesus causes us to be victorious in Him. Hallelujah. Now we now see the story of an Egyptian which is so important in this story. Very important. Now, you see that without these Egyptians, I don't see how he would have been able to rescue all his family and the family of his men. So significant in this story. It's like a bridge that stands between David and his recovered things. There's no way he would have been able to achieve what he achieved. Uh, in, on uh, pertaining to the uh, David recovering, all very important. So we see that a sick slave had been left by the American to die in the wilderness, see that in verse thirteen there, and uh, life has been so devalued by the American that it was considered more economical to replace the slave that provide medical treatment for him when he was sick That was not meaningful to the Americans that's no place anymore so he was giving so when David met met him, he was given a cake of figs and two clusters of raisin. So this food was a regular part of the diet of David's men. So they also blessed him with the, with the same type of food they were eating. So which is so important that. Uh So the Amalekite cruelty uh, uh, left left uh, the slave to die but God used him to lead David and his men to the Amalekites in other words he become uh, 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 a, a divine helper He was a helper to David and his men. So David and his men treated this young man kindly, and he returned the kindness by leading them to the enemy, that is to the Amalekites where they were staying. So what do we learn from this? Have we come to ourselves these days? Are we just so high up there? What we need to know is that we need to treat those we need with respect and dignity, no matter how insignificant they might seem. You never know how God will use them to help you. Or to hunt you, depending upon your response to them. Now we see somebody who is left to die. Basically, is homeless. He has been outside like a beggar, looking for food. He cannot find food. This guy has not eaten food for three days. He has not even drank water for three days. in other words, he has been fasting for three days. No food, no water. He was forced to fast, and to himself also, God came to his rescue. God brought rescue to him. He was rescue rescue. He found somebody who was able to also find favor in in him, and uh, they provided uh, food for him, and he became a source of help for these people as well. And this is a man. That has been left to die. There's no hope. No future. No place to go. He was there Hopeless. But in God, there's hope. And God sent people. To him. So we see that there are many things that happen in our lives sometimes we just don't need to worry if this man had not been left there by the Amalekites David would have not been able to to uh, to be able to re- recover all that has been lost now we see that this was a bad intention. They mean bad by by keeping him away from. That is the masters of the Egyptians, the Amalekites. They meant bad by uh, by by uh, uh, rejecting him. It's an Egyptian that is sick, weak, hopeless. He was rejected. By them, see it's, it's it's an air will which turned against them because he knew where they were going, and it it was him that helped david to uh, to to find a place where they were going to stay, and it was a link between David and them that is why we need to treat everyone the same you 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 will recall that if he had treated them if if the American had treated the Egyptian well and took care of him and 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 go with him to where they were going David would have not been able to find other means although God has his own purpose because he has already promised David that yes you will find him and you will uh you will recover. But we see that everything has been planned, everything has been positioned. You see that he has been rejected and his rejection became a source of help for other other people. Now when you look at David's life himself, why was he able to Help this young man now you you see I read chapter twenty seven right chapter twenty seven and uh, you see that David has himself has been running in service like homeless. He has run from his home because of fear of being killed by Saul. in service like homeless, it's like a beggar. Having no place to dwell, so he has to run to uh, to his enemies' camp, the Philistines' place to dwell, and he was able to find somebody who was God, who was able to rescue him and give him a place to dwell, and that is how they dwell in Ziklag. Himself was not. It's it's like this it's like the Egyptian having no place to stay, running, left to to where, to God, to feed for. So he has learned a lesson how to be homeless, how to be without food, how to be seeking for uh, refuge looking for food to eat so he has also witnessed what this man is witnessing so he was able to understand he was able to find out what was wrong he was able to quickly rescue this man very important to understand the signs and the days and the times we have find ourselves. It could be a time of training, a time of learning. So we should not just take our time we are living as a time that is useless. It's a training time for the future. say twenty time for what a future why? because you are able to learn every little things we are going through if you have not been homeless, you will not know how somebody who has been thrown out, maybe because he has not been able to pay for his house, he has not been able to uh work, maybe he has been sick, just one reason or the other. Is homeless. Maybe because of, uh, 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 I don't know, but you find people are homeless, no place to stay. And there are some people, they commit more crime and that's it. They are blacklisted, they can never find jobs. If they can't find job how would they be able to feed how would they, would they how would they be able to pay for their uh, uh place the the dwelling they can't get a, a home to stay because they cannot pay for the rent so what do they do they are homeless and some of them, they are not able to pay, and they are evicted. Some of them, they are foreclosed. Just one reason or the other, you find people are homeless. But we see David's case was because of the uh, the fighting between his master and himself, and he find himself homeless, running here and there, no place to dwell. You have to find a place in Ziggler his master, uh, his his wives are there, uh, his boys are there with him. So we see that we can find ourselves in a situation tomorrow we are like, oh, did I pray for this? No, you don't, because a beggar can be our master tomorrow. A beggar can be our master tomorrow. You know, somebody who's homeless today can be our master tomorrow. And uh, our master today can be a beggar tomorrow. And a homeless person today can be a a master tomorrow. And a gate man today can be a boss tomorrow. And a boss today can be a gate man tomorrow. So we just need to understand. The divine nature of God in our lives and begin to treat every man as we are treating angels. You know, the way we treat beggars, the way we treat others, can determine our tomorrow. The way we treat others can determine our future. You know, the way David treated the Egyptian determines what he was going to get. And the way he treated the Egyptian helped him recover all what was lost. Remember, David himself has been running to save his life. So has been trying to kill him. Himself was homeless he has just been rejected himself by the Philistines that no you can't go with us so he knew what rejection is the same way with this Egyptians the Egyptian guy he has been rejected by his master no you are weak you are not fast anymore you are you are tired we cannot help you you are useless you have no use, you are hopeless. Get out, let's leave him to die there. But we thank God that they did not shoot him. We thank God that they did not shoot him. So we see that it became a source of help. That is why we don't need to bomb any bridge. we 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 feel somebody who have no need somebody who is poor somebody who who have no hope so we have to give give hope now let me read a couple of verses Deuteronomy chapter 15 If say if there be anyone verse 7 Deuteronomy chapter 15 verse 7 He said, If there be any among you a poor man of one of thy brethren within any of thy gates in the land, which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not hide thy heart, nor shut thy hand from thy poor brother. Verse 8. But thou shalt open thy hand while unto him, and shalt surely lend him sufficient for his need, in that which he wanted. Verse 9. Beware that there be not a thought in the wicked heart, saying, The seventh year, I mean the seventh year, the year of release is at hand. Thy eye be evil against thy poor brother, and thou givest him not. And he cry unto the Lord against thee, and it be seen unto thee. Verse 10. Thou shalt surely give him and thy heart shall not be grieved when thou givest unto him, because that for this thing the Lord thy God shall bless thee in all thy works, and in all that thou puttest thy hand unto. Verse 11 For the poor shall never cease out of the land. Therefore I command thee, saying, Thou shalt open thy hand wide unto thy brother, to the poor, and to thy needy in the land. That is Deuteronomy chapter 15. I just read from 7 to 11. See what the Lord is saying here? He says, why should we do all these kind acts? He says, because the poor shall never cease out of the land. Why? Because they are foolish things. They are there to test us to see if we are obedient to what he's saying. It's a foolish thing. He said he said, For the poor shall never cease out of the land. Therefore I command thee, saying thou shalt open thy hand wide Unto thy brother, to the poor, and to the needy in the land. He classified first to the poor and to the needy in the land. Hallelujah. And when you go to uh, uh, let's uh, verse uh, Deuteronomy twenty-three verse uh, seven, you will also see invest uh, there and Proverbs chapter 25 21 okay and this is where Paul kind of quoted from he said if the enemy be hungry give him bread to eat and if he be thirsty give him water to drink okay and also do we also see that uh, the enemy can be anybody it can be a brother it could be a sister it could be anyone but the scripture is saying that giving bread to eat and if he's tasty he giving water to drink exactly what David did to this Egyptian okay now Matthew chapter 25 uh, chapter 25 35 Okay, he said, For I was hungry and you gave me meat, and I was thirsty and you gave me drink, and I was a stranger and you took me in. Okay, uh, exactly what David also did. And uh, uh, Luke chapter 10, we see uh, <clears throat> the story of the good Samaritan in, in uh. Luke chapter 10 but I'm going to just read uh, verse 36 to 37 Uh, 36 to 37 and he says he said "Mm, it might be too harsh let me read from uh, verse uh, verse 30 okay Uh, Jesus was speaking okay that is in an answer to uh, a lawyer who has asking a question okay has asking him a question about uh uh, uh, uh how to inherit uh, uh, eternal life okay and there were a series of questions going going about but uh is telling him about uh, who is who is his neighbor who is your neighbor he was asking jesus who is his neighbor then jesus answered and said a certain man went down from jerusalem is I'm reading from verse thirty now I said a certain man answered and said sorry <laughs> verse thirty says then Jesus answered and said a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. We thank God he wasn't dead. Verse 31. Now, by chance, a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. Verse 33. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, And took care of him. Verse 35. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him. And whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So now Jesus is asking a question. Verse 36. Now, so which of these three do you think? Was neighbor to him who fell among the caves. Verse 37. And this lawyer then answered and said, Go uh, and said, He who showed mercy on him. He who showed mercy on him. Then uh, Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. He who showed mercy on him. So we see the act of David here, he show mercy on the Egyptian. And in the same way, when we go to Romans chapter twelve, you will see uh um uh, what we we what we know about Christian way of living. Asking on the word of God that is practical way of our Christian living you know our living is doing what the Bible is saying it's not by just hearing it and not doing you know uh, James talked about that so we need to do what the word is saying and not just hear it acting on the word of God so romans chapter 12 says therefore i mean from verse 20 he says therefore if the enemy is hungry feed him if the enemy is hungry feed him if he's thirsty give him a drink for in so doing you will see coals of fire on his head see and verse 21 says, do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good So our time has run out and I I hope you are blessed today I hope this will help us and uh and uh <clears throat> because uh, we need to treat everyone we need to uh be there for everyone whether you are homeless, whether you are a beggar, whether you are rich or poor, we need to regard everyone. We need to treat everybody with respect. And we also know in uh, Hebrew, hmm, how can I finish this without Hebrew? Okay. Hebrew chapter 13. Let me quickly read from verse 1 to 3. He said, Let brotherly love continue. Do you not forget to entertain strangers. For by so doing, some have unwittingly entertained angels. And verse 3, remember the prisoner as if chained with them, those who are mistreated, since you yourself are in the body also. And with that, we say we love you and God loves you. See you next time. Thank you.